Dear God, I want to thank you so much for each of those that are here to learn about how to mark their Bible so that they can um, share the Word of God with others and help them to um, know, learn these skills so that the Word of God will come alive to them and that we can better be able to share your truth with those who ask questions. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so just a little review for those who may be new joining us today. Um, yesterday I passed out this handout, How to Do Bible Marking. And in here, I talk about the two reasons why um, I love Bible marking. It's actually something that I started when I was just a child. I think my parents wanted to get me into my Bible. And a lot of kids like lots of colorful books and that sort of thing. They open up the Bible and it's all black and white and looks really kind of boring. <laughs> but they said, no, let's mark your Bible. Let's make it beautiful. Let's learn what's in here. And it got me very excited about my Bible. This um, Bible was the one I got when I was about 10 years old or 12 years old maybe. And it's... Um, a wide margin Bible. This is a big Bible for a child when you think about it, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, but I started back then just um, starting to color code it and write Bible studies in it. And you can see some of my really um, terrible handwriting back then um, and some of these notes that I put in there. But I just don't have the heart to get rid of them because it was something that was very precious, you know, and, and it was getting me into the Word of God. Um, I gave my first Bible study when I was seven years old, and the Bible study I gave is the one we're going to mark in our Bibles today. Um, it's the this, this Steps to Salvation one. But what it allowed me to do was to know how to present a Bible study, and all I needed to have with me was my Bible. When your Bible is marked, you don't have to have a set of study guides with you or a DVD with you. Anywhere you are, you could give a Bible study just with your Bible um, because the Bible studies are chain referenced in there. But another thing is that the method of Bible marking that I use is with colors, um, using coloring pencils so that they don't bleed. Um, and what it does is it allows me to quickly find Bible verses on Bible topics because each topic is by color. So if you look at your um, handout that I gave you on the third page. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> on the third page is my Bible doctrine color chart. You see that? So these are the colors that I use for the different topics um, in my Bible. And I try to pick colors that make me think of that Bible subject. So, for example, the one that you see on your um, table is the salvation one, and it's the color red, because red makes me think of the blood of Jesus' sacrifice, and um, this seems like the fitting color for that. I use um, dark blue for the law of God and light blue for the Sabbath. I use brown for topics of sin or the origin of evil, the fall of Lucifer, um, the destruction of the wicked, like hellfire. Um, I then sometimes use variations of a color, like the light or the dark version of it. So I use the light brown for the origin of evil. I use the dark brown for the Antichrist, the fall of Babylon, that sort of thing, just showing the depth of deep darkness it goes to. Um, I use yellow for the second coming, dark green for the state of the dead. These are actually the colors we'll use um, in our study today and into tomorrow. Now, you don't have to use these colors um, for these topics. You can choose other colors if something else seems to fit better for you. It's just my um, what makes sense to me, but there's some variation. Like if you're doing something like on the topic of stewardship and tithing, and you want to highlight all the verses in the Bible that talk about finances and the stewardship of God's money. What color should I pick for that? Well, there isn't really any maybe good or bad color for it. You know, you may say, well, I think I'd like to use um, pink or, or peach or whatever. I don't know. So that's kind of up to you. So there's some that are kind of maybe more obvious and others you could have um, whatever color you choose. Um, there are lots of different 
variations of colors and you can get pencil sets that have um, many different colors in them. But what I find is that if you get too far beyond maybe like a basic 24 set that you're going to have the, the difference between the colors is going to be so close, it's going to be hard to tell um, the difference. So I try to um, avoid getting too creative in how many colors you pick. Now, the other thing we talked about yesterday was um, how I use shapes. So if you look at an um, example of this, on page four, the very next page, you can see I have circles and triangles on this page. Um, I use a circle for my main study on a topic, and I will use a different shape if I have other studies on the same topic, but they're not going to be my primary study. So for example, this circle here, this purple circle, um, is representing that this is a study on the Word of God, on the Bible. If I was going to give a study to someone on God's Word, this would be the main primary study. But I also wanted to mark a study in my Bible that was on how to have a devotional life and the importance of having a devotional life. So I used a triangle for that one. I also have a study in my Bible that's on Bible memorization and the blessings that we gain from memorizing Scripture. I think I used a square for that one. So you can see that you can use several different shapes to differentiate between different studies marked in your Bible that are on the same general topic of the scriptures, for example. Um, the, now, another thing that you will notice from the way I mark is that I don't mark the entire passage. So if you flip the page, you'll see my example here of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where it says the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, and joint, and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this scripture is about the scriptures and what they do, but I didn't highlight the entire thing purple. Instead, I select key words and phrases that I think are the important part of that verse and the part I would emphasize if I was sharing this verse with someone else. I find that today, most people, when they read, they don't comprehend immediately what they read. They're just reading. So after you, they read a text, you have to go back and talk about, well, what did we just read? And that's when you're basically summarizing or pulling out from the text what was the key point? What was the key thought in that verse? That's the part I'm highlighting, so it makes it very easy then to pull out that key point. So in this case, the key point is that the Word of God is living and powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it discerns my thoughts and intents of my heart. Those would be the three thoughts from that I would want to emphasize. So that's what I have highlighted. Does that make sense? Um, so it makes it a lot easier to um, summarize the important part of that passage. Um, let me see if there's a couple other things we talked about yesterday. So you'll see in the um, margin, well, next to the verse, I will use my, my symbol, here in this case, a purple dot. And then in the margin, I also will use it and have my next text. Now, this is the last text in the study, so it has end next to it. But if it was um, a previous text, it would have the text and then the abbreviation of the Bible study. And I have in the, the back of my Bible a list of all these studies and what their titles and abbreviations are. So I have, actually have two because I have quite a few studies marked in my Bible. Um, this is a Bible study index that I actually typed up onto a Avery shipping label and um, placed it in there when I did a um, Bible marking class at my church. And so I was able to print off a bunch of these for everybody. And so you had your um, color and the symbol next to it, your subject, and then the code. So Word of God would be WG, the divinity of Jesus was DJ, the law of God was LG, you know, that sort of thing. And then the first text 
in your study. So you could go to that first text, and when you get to the first text, it would have the next text. And then you go to that text, it has the next text, and it's taking you through your entire chain until you get to the last verse, and then it says end in the margin. So that's um, a, la a label where you've um, typed it up. But you can also just write them out. This is um, my written out ones. So you can see my, my shapes and colors here, my titles and my abbreviation and my first text. Um, this is what I was doing long before I ever started developing this. So that's where you can begin. Now someone today brought um, an example of some Bible study that I had mentioned yesterday. Have you ever seen these before? These are um, little, they're actually stickers. It's like one big sticker sheet, so you have to cut it out with either scissors or an X-Acto knife. Um, and you have your topic and your text for each one. And this actually matches with the studies in Studying Together by Mark Finley. So if you go to Mark Finley and you cover a look at the one here on the Sabbath, it's going to be um, this one right here, and it's exactly these um, verses. That's what I understand. I'm not 100% sure about that, but that's what I understand, is that these match together. Um, so this is nice if you um, don't like to write, you think you have terrible penmanship or you can't write that small. Now this is pretty small print, if you can see. <laughs> it's pretty tiny, uh, which could be helpful if you have a Bible that doesn't have a lot of space to write in the margin, because this doesn't require a lot of space. Um, now this is its own color coding method, and it doesn't necessarily... Um, I'm not sure what the rhyme and reason is between them. For example, they have the origin of evil as orange, and they have salvation as blue. So to me, this doesn't match in my mind, but it can work. You know, So this is an option. And this is your Bible study index right here. So you would just cut this out and put this in the back of your Bible, and that's your first text and everything. So... It's kind of done some of the work for you, and um, I know people who like this, and so that's a good resource. There are many different kinds of lessons you could mark in your Bible. Um, I'm going to be going through a couple here that I've already created for you, but of course it's not going to be a full list of studies. So if you're looking for something beyond that, you can take you know, something like Studying Together that already has an order of text on a topic, or you can use a set of Bible study lessons like the It Is Written or any set of lessons that you like. Um, or you can use other ones that have Bible study um, orders, like this is the Bible Handbook by Stephen Haskell, which has been around for like 100 years, because he was one of our Adventist pioneers. Um, the Bible Textionary is another good one that has lots of studies. And a Bible Readings for the Home, is a great one. So you probably already have something at home that has a lot of studies in it with each verse in the study, and you could pick any one of those. Um, or if you've been to an evangelistic series and got a text guide, that can be nice. This is another one that they have here in the ABC, um, another Bible marking guide. And what this one does is it each um, study, it looks like, has about 16 or fewer verses. Um, I guess I see one or two here that maybe have 20. So it's not like a lot of verses, which is nice when you're doing a chain reference study. And it also gives you the abbreviations for each one for marking too. So this was just $2. So this is a nice little resource that you could get for um, Bible marking. Any questions so far? Yes. I think someone told me yesterday that they saw this here at the ABC. I haven't been over there. You got one yesterday. Okay. Good. And I'm sure if they're out, maybe they could get some in. But, yeah. I knew someone here had said they'd got one. Um, so that's some of the resources that you can use to find your Bible studies. Now let's just um, briefly review the tools for Bible marking. Like I said, I use pencils rather than ink pens because I don't want them to bleed through my Bible 
And I also can get more variety of colors that way. And I have used um, regular sets of coloring pencils. You just want one that doesn't get greasy or smudge. Um, but the one I am showing you guys, which has been one of my favorite tools since I first started Bible marking, um, is a little kit that contains one of these pencils. So these pencil, this, well, let me just tell you what this is. This is a Pentel eight color mechanical pencil. So there's eight colors in it. I'm also providing two other additional colors that didn't come with the pencil, um, which was a dark purple and a dark green, because this has a light green in it. But basically, um, the pencil lead just comes out and you, know, you just adjust it. And these do not um, bleed and they work good on even soft paper. Um, I was using, I think it's not here. I'll bring it tomorrow. But I have the, uh, a set of Spirit of Prophecy books that are like these little mini micro-sized ones. And the paper is extremely thin. And these ones do not um, break through, where some pencils um, would tear the page if the paper was too thin. Um, these do not. So that's really nice. And then when you want to switch a color, you just knock it out, go to the next one, and then put your new lead in. And if you need to refill it or switch out the lead, you just change the top to where it says refill, and then it opens it wider, and the lead will actually come out. So these are really cool. Um, you can buy these through Amazon. I bought these through Amazon, and I bought the refills through Amazon as well. Um, the pencil itself is about $16, and then I threw in two extra LEDs for you, um, and a ruler, and an, um, a mechanical um, pencil, just a lead pencil, too. So if you want one of these, um, you, they're $20 for the whole packet. Oh, I don't want to throw that in there. That's mine. <laughs> Uh, that one's 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're going to actually practice with them. Even if you don't want to get one today, but you still want to practice um, what we're going to do today, you, you could borrow it and just make sure you don't break anything. <laughs> so somebody else can have it. <laughs> okay, so that's um, the basics when it comes to colors and tools that I use. It's just very simple. One of the things I like about this one is because it's eight colors in one, um, I can just keep this in my Bible case with my other pencil and maybe a pen I use for my Sabbath school lesson. And I have everything with me. If I'm in church and I'm listening to a sermon and they read a really awesome text on some topic, I'm like, oh, that one's good. You know, I can highlight it right then in my Bible. So um, it's very good. I also use this for marking my Spirit Prophecy books, which I will show you how I do tomorrow. Um, the only other things that we talked about yesterday was other types of markings that we do. Um, I use cross-referencing to reference between two passages, um, kind of creating a link between them, even if it's not part of my chain Bible study. But these two verses seem to go well together. I will use that. We will actually um, practice that in one of the studies. And I will use sometimes a number reference if I have um, some really good thoughts or notes I want to um, put in my Bible, I can write that here in the margins where I have more room. And all I have to do is put a number next to my verse and then a number up there where my note is. And when I read this verse, I will know I have a note I've written up here. So that's called a number reference. So that can be helpful um, too. Any questions so far about just the mechanics of what to do? All right, you ready to get started? So let's practice with one. Um, we're going to do the steps to salvation. Um, this is, as I said yesterday, not a full exhaustive study on salvation. It's even simpler than one that you would find in a normal set of Bible lessons. It only has seven verses, so it could be called Seven Quick Steps to Salvation. It's designed to be very short, very concise, where you could easily lead someone to accept Jesus as their Savior if you only had five minutes to spend with them. And this was actually the very first study I ever marked in my Bible, and I 
in this Bible, which um, is a Nelson wide margin, which you can't even find anymore unless you find one on eBay. Um, I have my study marked right here because I had some note pages back here. And I used a, um, in this one, I used a red diamond. And this is my childhood handwriting. <laughs> um, and I had my seven verses and what I was going to say after each verse. And this is the one that I chain referenced through. So this was the first Bible study I ever learned how to give. And I remember I was at a camp meeting. I grew up in Arizona. And I was at the Arizona camp meeting um, many years ago. And I had just learned how to give this Bible study. And it was in my Bible. And anyone who would sit down and listen to me, I wanted to share my Bible study with. And I remember my mom had a, um, a friend who was a, a teenage girl that was kind of going through some rebellion. And she was there at camp meeting, not for the right reasons, but to hang out with her friends and get in trouble. And um, she came to our campsite and mom was telling her that I had just recently learned how to give a Bible study. And she said, would you like Stacy to... Uh, practice her study on you, and I was eager to have another person listen. So we sat down, and I took my Bible, and I went through each text that was marked in my Bible. And at one point in this study, it asked them if they would like to invite Jesus into their hearts. And when we got to that point, she hesitated, and she was thinking about all her friends who were at camp meeting and the things that they were doing that she knew that she gave her heart to Jesus, she wouldn't be able to do anymore. And, um, and she struggled, and she says, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to do that. And at that point, there were actually two more verses in the study, but at that point, I closed my Bible, and she said, is that the end of the study? And I said, well, actually, there's two more verses, but they don't apply to you because they're for those who've given their heart to Jesus. <laughs> And, you know, that's just like a little child talking, and, you know, I, it made sense to me. And, and she's like, no, I want to hear what the two verses were. I think I finally did read them to her, but in my mind it was like, well, that's where the study ends because we can't go forward because <laughs> you're not ready to make that decision yet. Um, so let's um, go through this one. So the purpose of this study is to lead a person to accept Jesus as their personal Savior if you only had a few minutes with them. So what we're going to do is, in the back of your Bible or the front of your Bible, find um, a blank page somewhere where you could start making a list of studies. Oh, oh yeah, there are some other ones in here. There's red and orange and black, I think. I think those were the only three. No, oh, no problem. Okay, so you're going to find um, a place in the front or back of your Bible where you can start creating a Bible study index. Yes, that's a new one. I may have a red extra pencil in here, too, if you don't know that you want to get one of those. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there anybody who's not sure they want to get a kit yet but just need a red pencil to practice this? Because I've got one. Okay, so you're going to be putting down... Um, you're going to create a red triangle because this is going to be like a, a second study on salvation. This wouldn't be your primary one. A red triangle. I would just give yourself enough space that you could put one above it. Yeah, yeah, I know how you, I know, I'm like that too. I like, oh, what do I want to do? So I would leave, leave a space at the top where I would put my Bible study index and then below that, um, yeah, somewhere in there. Now, it, let me just um, tell you about your pencils. You're using your mechanical pencils. Um, try not to put too much lead out because you don't want it to break off. Okay? So you just need a, enough out that you've got a good tip, but not, you don't want to have a, a big piece or it's going to snap off and break. Okay? How do you get to that certain color? So to get to the color, you just turn the, the knob. Is this the indicator? That's the indicator. Uh-huh. And then... There you go. Anybody else need some help getting your pencil figured out? <laughs> okay, so let me get... And someone can borrow mine if you need to. Okay, so if you, anyone needs to borrow mine, it's up here. Okay, so you're going to make your, 
your little red triangle, and then next to it you're going to put what the subject is, the steps to salvation. So you'll want to use your mechanical pencil for that. I wouldn't write that with the color. And if, I have an extra mechanical pencil too, if anyone needs that. Um, no. So you're going to use, oh, so you can use this one. Let's get these out. Okay. So you make your your red triangle first. Let's just I'm just gonna model it up here. I would eventually put at the top my Bible study index. This marker is not very good. But I'd probably put that up at the top. And then you're gonna do your study. You're going to make your triangle, your red triangle. And then using your mechanical pencil, you're going to put the title, Steps to Salvation. And then in parentheses, you're going to abbreviate it, SS. And that marker is gone. So I'm going to switch to a different marker, but don't let that throw you off. Pretend it's black. <laughs> Okay, so your title, your abbreviation, and then the first Bible text, which is Romans 3.23. Okay? So yeah, that's what you're going to put in. Yeah, you could do it in the back. Don't have the, I don't have the uh, black page. Oh, because they're out of black. them? Okay, well, you know what you could do later is you could um, to get a piece of paper like mm -hmm. I did with this. Yep, you could, and then you could just um, tape it right here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or you could do it here at the end of your concordance, too. Yeah, there's a lot of variation. Oh, this looks really good. Yeah, I like it. My Bible's four years old. You want to just use this piece of paper now? Someone just Thank brought you. it. Yeah. There you go. Okay, have we all gotten this step done? Okay, so let's go to our first text, which is Romans 3.23. And can I have someone read that for us? Okay, so what part are we going to highlight? If we were to read this verse, what is the part that is the key part of this verse? All have sinned, right? So we're going to take your coloring pencil, and you have the option to underline or lightly go through it. What's nice about these, this particular mechanical coloring pencil is you can read through it pretty well, okay? So you can do this very lightly, and you'll see the words through it. I don't have any trouble. Um, even when I'm using, like, a dark, the dark blue, it still comes through pretty good. So... But that's up to you. If you want to underline, you could underline, but I like to, to highlight through it. Okay, so we put our verse, Romans 3.23, and then, okay, so here's my, here's my text. I just highlighted, all have sinned. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a triangle right here at the beginning of the verse. And then in the margin. Now, if your margin is wide, you can do it like this. And then write your next text next to it. If it's not, which is Romans 6.23, you can abbreviate RM if you don't want to use up as much space. If you don't have a lot of space, you can go sideways. You can go like this. You can. You can just do CH623 or you could just do 623. If I'm in the same, even in the same chapter, I'll just say V23 or whatever, just verse. Yeah. I do that you know, like in Daniel too when you're doing the story of Daniel. Okay? So depending on how much space you have, if you... If your text even ends a little bit early, 
and you can squeeze it in right at the end. You could even do that. You know, you can put it wherever you can find space. Yeah, you always put it here and then wherever it is next to the verse. If you had no room, you could even put this up above. Like if you have more space at the top or at the bottom, you could even do it there and just put your little, your little symbol is reminding you where you're going. It's connecting these two together, okay? So there's a little bit of variation there, yes. Okay, so oh, she's bringing out a good point. Some Bibles, some Bibles have your verses at the beginning of each one. And others <laughs> have it in the text. Do you see that? Okay, so if you have one that has it in the text, another option you could do is you could just highlight the number. You could do that if the whole text is on one topic. The only problem you'll run into is if the topic later is on, a, if the verse can, would be used in two different studies, um, you would, yeah, or you might have to like then put a circle around it in the other color. I don't know, you might have to be a little creative. You could just do a little dot next to it, or I don't know, if you don't have room to do a triangle, You can maybe underline it. Yeah. You just have to adapt it for your Bible's format. Yeah. Not all Bibles are the same, so it can kind of make it a little bit challenging. Okay. So everybody has Romans 6.23. You're ready to go to the next verse? Okay. Oh, before we do that, um, in your notes... This particular one, I actually wrote out kind of the script of what you would say after you read it, okay? So we've just read Romans 6, 23, and we would be emphasizing what we had just highlighted. We are all sinners. This means because of sin, we fail to reach the perfect standard of God's glory or righteous character. We've just taken that verse, and we've just explained it in our own words. And this helps people to understand more what they've just read in the Bible. Okay, now we're going to go to Romans 6.23. So just over a couple pages. Romans 6.23. And do I have a volunteer who would like to read that? Okay. So for this one, the part we're going to highlight is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now you may ask, why didn't we highlight the wages of sin is death? Because, I don't know, when I hear see the word death, I don't think of red, I think of brown. <laughs> so I would probably, if I was highlighting that, I would put the wages of sin is death in brown. Which you could do that, even though it's not a study on salvation. Um, that's what I think of, so that's why I wouldn't do that in the red. Okay, so sin leads to death, but God offers eternal life. Would you like to have eternal life? That's the question we're asking as we come to this verse. Now in the margin, we're putting our next text, which in this case is John 3.16. So again, you're going to follow in these methods, putting it either um, horizontal or vertical or in line with the text, depending on where you might have space. And you can abbreviate John, J-N, if you want to, to give yourself a little bit more room. And then we're going to go to John 3.16. Yes, that's the verse. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm just noticing something in my Bible that um, I might change here. You guys can tell me what you think. I actually have this verse, John 3.16, in my Bible for five Bible studies. <laughs> I have five symbols in the margin. Um, 
But it looks like I have this verse in a study on hellfire. And I had highlighted should not perish in brown because I was emphasizing that um, the, the opposite of eternal life is to perish, which is what happens in hell. And perish means to cease to exist, to be gone. And that's what the fires of hell would do. So you may want to um, keep should not perish um, blank, not to highlight it red, if you thought you might want to later use this verse in a Bible study on hell. Um, and then in that case, that part would be brown. Um, that's up to you. Uh, on the notes, uh, you had it all red. But like you can see, there's some the variation here. There's no real right way or wrong way. It's kind of how you um, feel led to do. So after we were to read this verse, we would be emphasizing God loved us, he gave his son, and if we believe in him, we can have eternal life. Now this point in the Bible study is where you would describe what Jesus actually did for us. You'd be surprised how many people today don't really understand the cross or maybe never even grew up hearing about it. There is a whole generation of kids today that are growing up in homes where their parents don't talk about God, there's no religion, there's no church going, there's no prayer, there's no Bible reading. And hearing the story of what Jesus went through for us would be like a brand new story to them. Or you're speaking to a person of another culture or religion someone from a Hindu, Buddhist, or whatever background, Muslim background, they may not have heard that story that way before. So we can't just assume that everybody has heard the gospel story. So this is where we would describe what Jesus did. He left heaven. He came here to earth. He was born as an infant, grew up in this place, this horrible place, and went and suffered much agony so that he could save us. And what he experienced was, and described um, how he was beaten and how he was mocked and how he was spit upon and how he was um, carry, had to carry a cross and was nailed to that cross and couldn't eat or drink and hung there for hours in the sun and, and wondered if God had forsaken him. And he didn't do anything to deserve any of this. You know, we're describing vividly what Jesus experienced out of love for us so that we could have eternal life. And after we describe that, the question that we're asking is, can you love a God who would suffer all of that for you? Could you love a God who would do that for you? There are many gods in the world. Like many religions have many different gods and different leaders and spiritual leaders. But can you love someone who would give up all of that and do all of that for you? If you had a friend who did that for you or someone who did that for you or a stranger who did that for you to save you from something, how would you feel? You'd be so appreciative. You'd be so thankful. That person would be a friend, a true friend for life. That's Jesus and what he did for us. So that's what we would be doing at this point in our study is describing the cross. Okay, so let's go to now 1 John 3.16. So in our margin, um, we're putting JN, 1 John 3.16, and then leading us to our next verse. So this is kind of easy. You're going from John 3.16 to 1 John 3.16. So that's pretty easy to remember. So the first two were in Romans 3.23, and then 6.23, and then you have the, the John 3.16s. <laughs> um, so it makes it... Easy to remember this Bible study. 1 John 3.16. Okay, and I'd like to have someone read this verse for us. Yes, go ahead. Amen. Okay, so what are we highlighting in this passage? Love. And how do we describe love? Today, people use love for many things, right? I love ice cream. <laughs> I love my cat. <laughs> but how is the Bible describing love here? He laid down his life for you. That's love. This is the kind of love that God had for us, that he would give up his life 
so that we could live. The God of heaven loved you so much, he laid down his life for you. Could you love a God who would suffer all of that for you? Okay, and then now in our margin, we are putting our next text, which is Revelation. So I would put R-E-V, to abbreviate it, R-E-V, um, 320. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and mine, I have it all written in the back, but if I didn't have it in the back, I probably would put it in here. Um, I do that on a lot of other Bible studies. If I have a certain thing I want to remember to say um, or point I want to make, I will write those down. Mm -hmm. Okay, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. So when we get there, we're going to again put our little symbol and then highlight that part that I have um, given you there. It says here, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, how many of you have a red Bible already? <laughs> so it, you already have the words of Jesus in red. But even still, I think when you're marking over it with a red pencil, you can still, you can still see us through. Yeah, I love this pencil for that reason. It works really good. Yes, that you already had before. So yeah. what I would do is I would make my little triangle, and then next to that, using the pencil, put your next verse. That way you're not getting them confused. 16, and then I put SS so I know this is my steps to salvation study. Okay. So when I come here, if I'm doing this Bible study I did before, I know I'm going to 1 John 4, 7, and 8. But if I'm doing the Steps to Salvation study, the one with the red triangles, I know I'm going to 1 John three sixteen. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. So if you have the same verse in two studies, that's where your triangle or your um, abbreviation is going to help you know which verse am I going to. Because you'll see two verses in your margin, and you want to go to the right one, to stay on the right that's study. That's I wanted to <laughs> yeah. ask you about So that's that. where, why the shapes can be very helpful for that. Yeah. yeah. Good, good question. All right, so we have Revelation 3.20 highlighted, everyone. So here we're saying Jesus is at the door of your heart wanting to give you the gift of eternal life, and it has to be your choice to open the door and invite him in. Do you want to do this? And if they say yes, you just lead them in a very simple prayer. Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come in and save me. So this is where I was at in the study when I was talking to this teenage girl and inviting her to invite Jesus into her heart. And uh, she was struggling with that. And I only had two verses left. But those next two verses is what God will do for us once we have invited Jesus into our heart. So the next two are in the book of John. So we have two in Romans, then one in the Johns, and then two back in John. So it kind of makes it easier to remember. Um, John chapter 1 and verse 12. Uh-huh, John chapter 1 and verse 12. All right, and could I have someone read then? Okay, so what is the key part of this verse? What have we just talked about? And receiving him, inviting him into your life. So we're highlighting received him, and then we become children of God. That's what we're emphasizing in this text, that when we accept Christ as our Savior, we become his child, and he's now our father, and he's there to take care of us and to be there for us. And every child wants to have a father. Whether you have a father or not, you, you long to have a father to take care of you and to be there to help you and to someone to support you and to encourage you and to protect you. And Jesus uh, becomes that, our Father, um, when we become his child. Okay, and now we have just one more text. John chapter 10, 27 to 29. Okay. Yep, that's it. So in this particular case, you have three verses. So you have an option of putting your symbol by each one. Or, in this case, that wouldn't hurt. But if it was a longer passage, 
I would probably put an arrow between. So if you had like six verses and you don't want to put a symbol next to everyone, you could just put an arrow up and arrow down, knowing I'm reading everything between. And we're highlighting here, I will give them eternal life and they will never perish, neither will anyone snatch them out of my hand. And now we are telling them that Jesus is a shepherd. If we continue to listen to his voice and follow him, no one can take us out of his hands. We are safe and guaranteed eternal life. Now this passage some people um, have used to say that once you're saved, you can't be unsaved. You know, once saved, always saved. But the passage doesn't say that, actually. It says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and no one can take them out of my hand. So it's a, it's a conditional passage. Um, if we are following Jesus and obeying him, Satan has no access to us. We are safe in the Father's hand and our eternal salvation can be secure. Yes. Mm. So if we didn't have the choice to stop following, we wouldn't have like true love. True love is a, an act of choice. Yeah, that's a really good point. So this is the last text in our study. So when we get to this one, we're going to, in the margin, again, put our little shape, and then we just write next to it the word end. So we know that was the last text in the study. So you've marked your first study in your Bible. How'd that feel? <laughs> Seven verses. This is an easy one. You go home and teach this one to your kids. Yeah? Have them mark their first Bible study. And then practice it on someone. Okay, we only have about 20 minutes left. So I want to um, practice a different one where it's not all spelled out exactly for you what to highlight. Okay, so you can get some practice. Now, you have, we have some options. So you tell me what you would like to do. We can do um, one on the Sabbath. Um, I won't do change of the Sabbath right now. So you have the option of Sabbath, second coming, or death. Now, with the death one and the Sabbath one, we've got some extra stuff in there, um, some extra passages. I might actually... Um, practice one of those tomorrow. Um, these are, this is an example of cross-referencing, as is the difficult text explained once. But you want to do second coming? All righty. Do you want to do signs or manner? The signs of Jesus coming. Okay. So if you were going to do signs of Jesus coming, um, I would just leave a little space in your thing, in your list of index, so that you could put the manner of his coming first, because that would be your primary study. This would be like a secondary study. Okay, so we're going to use our yellow pencil. So um, hit your button, release your lead, and then move to your yellow, and drop it out, and then just get a little, just a tiny little bit out, so it's not going to break. Um, what is nice about this yellow is that it's not like a highlighter yellow, which fades and stuff over time. Um, it's really clear to see, but it lasts forever. I mean, I look at my um, studies I marked 20 years ago and my Spear Prophecy books, and it's still as vibrant as it was the day I did it. So it's really cool about this yellow. And a lot of highlighter yellows um, fade over time. Okay, so we are going to put in our index. I wish I had a yellow highlighter <laughs> um, up here. So we're using, um, this is going to be an, another triangle. Pretend this purple is yellow. <laughs> and then we're going to write down, using your mechanical pencil, Signs of Jesus coming. And then what was the abbreviation I used? Oh, SC. So in this case, I used SC2. 
And then your first text is Matthew 24.3. Yeah, the manner of his coming, I'm considering the primary one, so that's why that one's SC1. SC1 would be for the manner, but we're going to be doing signs of Jesus coming, so that's SC2. Okay, so our first text is Matthew 24, verse 3. Now, when I open my Matthew 24, I have a lot in my margins because I've really marked up this chapter. But you can see how much yellow is in this chapter. Um, and in the other passages in the Gospels that are on the second coming are also bright and colorful like that. But you can see how beautiful that yellow comes through, isn't it? I mean, you can see right through it, but it's still very um, vibrant. Okay, so Matthew 24, verse 3. We're going to put our little triangle there. Now, even if you say, well, my triangles and my circles are starting to look the same, you know, how can I tell the difference? Um, and some of the colors, like maybe with the yellow, that might be a little harder to differentiate it. But that's where the code is going to help you even more. So when it has SC2, you know it's different from your other ones. So the abbreviation, and if you ever can't remember, your index is telling you. Yes? This is the same problem again. Okay, I'll help you as everyone else is doing. So, so with this one, Matthew 24, 3, let's read it. And he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? and of the end of the world. Okay, now I have not given you what to highlight, but let's think about it. What about this passage is the key part? What is the sign of your coming and the end of the world? That's the question that they're asking, and that's the question that we are asking as we start this study. What is the sign of Jesus coming and that the end of the world is near? So that's the part we're going to highlight. And I've given you kind of in the notes there, Jesus' disciples asked what would be the sign of his coming at the end of the age to kind of help guide you to the, the part we're going to highlight. Okay, now the next one is going to be the next cluster of verses, verses 4 through 8. So what I would do, okay, so here's my verse 3. And here is my verses 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. So I'm going to, I don't have yellow, so I'll just pretend. So in the margin, I'm going to put verse 4 through 8. Now when I get here, because I have a longer passage, I'm just going to do that triangle with the arrow thing I was talking about earlier. And then I'm going to have my next text over here. And what was the next passage? Luke 17, 26 to 30. So when you're in the same chapter, you can just give the verse, the next verse you're going to. And then if you have a longer passage, you can use those arrows to guide you. Okay, so here in verses 4 through 8, it gives us a list of the different, some of the different signs Jesus mentioned. He... Um, says, Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no one deceive you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and deceive many. And you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. So what I would highlight is the specific events Jesus said we would see. So, um, I am the Christ. Many saying, I am the Christ. Wars and rumors of wars. Nation rising against nation is kind of the same thing. So you could highlight it or not if you wanted to. And then famines and pestilences, earthquakes. So those would be the, the words that I would use to highlight with my pencil. Okay, and then we go to Luke 17. 26 to 30. I don't know, I want to get ahead of you, so let me know if you are not ready yet. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't have the actual words written down, so um, I would use what I have here. I'll highlight the word wars, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. I would highlight those words. Okay, any, who is uh, still Matthew 24, not ready yet to go to Luke? Are you about ready? Okay, so let's flip over to Luke 17, and now we're going to read 26 to 30. And this is another one, like I said before, where we have a series of verses, and we can use these arrows in between them. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, till the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also it was in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay, so in this passage, what is, what is the key point? What is the time of the end described like? As it was in the days of Noah, and it was, was in the days of Lot. Okay, and then, so it's going to be when the Son of Man comes. So that would be the part I would highlight. You could go ha highlight that they married and they did all that in between, but that's just a summary of it. It was like the time of Noah. It was like the time of Lot. What were these two time periods like when we read about them in the Bible? What was it like in the time of Noah? It was very wicked, right? And what was it like in the time of Lot? It was very immoral, right? So in the same way, it will be when the Son of Man comes. So those phrases are enough to give you a discussion point to talk about in your Bible study. And now we go to our next text, which is um, 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. Now, if you have more room in your margin, you can always write additional notes. On mine in Luke 17, I have, I have this phrase, the moral breakdown of society. I put that in my margin there. That's what I'm really emphasizing at this passage, is that there's a moral breakdown in society. That's one of the signs that is being described here, which is also in 2 Timothy. Um, no, there. Oh, well, um, I would put. Yeah, I would put. Uh, let's see, where was it? Twenty-six. As it was in the days of Noah, and then as it was in the days of Lot, even so, will be in the day of the Son of Man is revealed. That's the parts okay. I would highlight. All right. So we're now going to Second Timothy chapter three. Verses 1 to 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Now, it's a long list of <laughs> describers of words, right? So what are we going to put down here? Um, well, verse 1 to me is like the summarization of all those verses, right? In the last days, perilous times shall come. Okay, so I would definitely highlight that. And men are lovers of themselves, I think is a pretty good summary of all of those things as well. So in mine, you, can, you could highlight as much of this as you want. It's your own um, personal choice. But in mine, I put men will be lovers of themselves. And then in verse 4, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So it's showing where their allegiance and where their love is. That's the parts that I have highlighted yellow. Now, who has a um, King James Version? Anyone working out of a King James Version? 
Okay, so in the King James Version, it has this word incontinent. Now, when we use the word incontinent today, we mean something totally different by it, right? <laughs> so when I read this, and I was like, I don't know what the word incontinent means in the Bible. So I looked it up. So let me show you how I did this. And we talked about word definitions yesterday. Okay, so I have my word incontinent in my text. So if you have a word that you don't know what it means or you have a feeling it means something different than what you would think now because it's Old English, you use, I use orange in mine. Um, that's the color I use for word definitions. And I make a little brackets like this around it. And then in the margin, One of the things my mom taught me when I was growing up, too, was how to use a concordance, a Strong's concordance. And I hope you um, know how to use one or know have a Bible software program you can use. The Blue Letter Bible app, I really Yes, I love Blue Letter Bible app. So, um, and the Blue Letter Bible website is good, too, if you don't have a, an app. Um, but what it allows you to do um, with Blue Letter Bible, you can put, look up your word, and then, what is the number on the margin to know to click for the definitions? I'm trying to remember. It's well, like, I just click on the verse. Click on the verse. And then I do And the then you click on concordance. Okay. And then from concordance, it gives you every word in the, in the verse and what the Strong's number is. You can click on any one of them, and it'll give you the definition. So this is Strong's number 193, and it means without self-control. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh-huh. And it gives you the Greek word and all of that. Um, so if you have a Bible that is an older English Bible, uh, like a King James, you might you want to look up certain words and write the definitions down. If you have a more modern translation, it might have already done that substitution for you. Okay, so now we're going to our next text, which is James 5, 1 to 5. And this is going to have to be the last text because we are getting close to being out of time. James 5, 1 to 5. Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that will come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rest of them will be a witness against you. And you will eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cry. And the cries of them have, which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Now, in the margin, I've written the words financial troubles, because that's how I'm kind of summarizing this passage. It's describing people who are very rich, and they are exploiting those who are poor. And it's describing the poor, middle, lower class who are working very hard, and they're being taken advantage of, and they're crying out to the Lord for justice. It sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? <laughs> the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, and there's so much um, corruption when it comes to it. But it's also describing people losing their wealth and their wealth being worth nothing. So it's describing financial collapses and, um, you know, all those things which we're also going to be seeing a lot more of. So what would we highlight in this passage? Yep, I highlighted that. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Moth mm -hmm. Your gold and silver is cankered. I think that might be the um, King James way of saying it. I also highlight you heap treasure for the last days. Because the last days to me is an indication, you know, we're talking about the end times, and that's what this whole study is about. You know what? I would just highlight the verses, just to make it easy for you. Just like mm -hmm. highlight the numbers? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other thoughts on this passage?
So this is where we're going to end today because we don't really have time to go finish it. But I would encourage you to um, maybe tonight finish it. There's only uh, four verses left in it. And if you have any trouble, let me know. Come back tomorrow if you get ahead and say, oh, I want to try to do the manner too. Um, like I said, there isn't a right way or a wrong way to do it when it comes to um, deciding what to highlight. It's kind of personal opinion. But just ask yourself, what is the key thought in this passage? What would I want to emphasize after reading this? When you read James 5, 1 through 5, that's a long passage. But what is it that I'm going to specifically point them to? That's probably what I'm going to highlight. Okay, And that can help you in knowing what part of the passage to color. Um, tomorrow we will do a little bit more. I will try to get into one that has some cross-referencing. I like to do probably one the Sabbath or Stay the Dead and try to do a few difficult Bible texts so that you can have the answers marked in your Bible. And then I'm also going to show you the personal um, color coding method I use for my Spirit of Prophecy books. I will bring a couple of my books with me so you can see them. And we will also look at a passage from Steps to Christ and we will practice that um, method as well. So... That will be for tomorrow. All right, let us um, pray to close. Dear God, thank you so much for your word. It contains so many beautiful truths. And when we can mark our Bibles, those truths just come glowing off the pages. And we can then easily find them later to share with someone else. So I pray you'll bless each of these Bible students as they uh, start marking their Bibles so that they will be able to give an answer to everyone who asks them a reason of the hope that is in them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org dot audioverse.org.